Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Farmington Hills and welcome. Good morning. I'm Lois Jones. I'm the platform assistant. Some call me the comedian. Today I'll be sharing the announcements and upcoming events with you. We are so happy that you're with us today either out there online or here in person. If this is your first time visiting with us, please receive a welcome packet from the usher as you leave today. Please join us after service in the social hall to enjoy refreshments and tasty treats provided by our fabulous, fabulous hospitality yeah, team. Yeah. It's a great time down there to meet and greet a new visitor and personally just fellowship and laugh and share with one another. Good news. Our nursery is now open And Donna Opoka and Sharon Clace are eagerly and lovingly awaiting the arrival of your little imps. I mean angels. <laughs> Ages five years old and under. Join us for our annual gong meditation on Wednesday, August 23rd at 7 p.m. Enjoy a deep sound therapy meditation with Christopher Davis from Sacred Wave Gong Immersions. His gong meditations are designed to enhance relaxation, insight, and creativity. This meditation is in person only with a $20 suggested love offering. 
Reverend Kelly will be teaching a prosperity class on Tuesdays beginning September the 5th through October the 24th from 6.30 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. to 8.45 8 from 6.30 p.m. to 8.45. Okay. That was a typo, I guess. In this eight-week class, in this eight-week class, study and practice prosperity principles from the viewpoint of Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore to cultivate perfect health and experience more love, wealth, and peace, and a more fulfilling life. The required textbook for this class is Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. It's available at Amazon.com and Unity.org. To sign up for this class, email seniorminister at unityfh.com. Join us for our annual World Day of Prayer service on Wednesday, September 13th at 7 p.m., led by our prayer chaplains. Unity's theme this year is Heart of Healing. Let's all come together to radiate a collective heart of healing in reflection, meditation, and prayer for ourselves and the world. This special service will be in person and on YouTube. Well, summer's about over, so get ready to get back in gear. The following groups and activities will resume on the following dates in September. Veterans Peer Support Group, Sunday, September the 3rd at 12 p.m. Women's Group, Sunday, September the 10th, at approximately 11.45 a.m. Critical Conversations, Monday, September the 11th at 7 p.m. Men's Group, Saturday, September the 16th at 10 a.m. And UFH Ukulele Group, Sunday, September the 17th at 11.30 a.m. So, have you been looking for a pet? Well, Saturday, uh, I'm sorry, September the 16th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., just may be your lucky day. Join us for Pet Adoption Family Fun Day. Specific information will be, will be provided within the next couple of weeks. Today, Sharon Lewis is our prayer chaplain and will be available to pray with you after service near the patio doors. So please, the rest of you, exit the sanctuary immediately after service. If you would like to receive a monthly call, prayer call from a prayer chaplain, please add your name to the wellness call list located on the podium outside the sanctuary. You may also place prayer requests in the prayer box located on the table outside the sanctuary or email your prayer requests to prayerchaplains at unityfh.com or call UFH prayer request line at 248-702-0010. Please visit unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through the newsletter that's emailed every Friday to stay abreast of our activities and the upcoming events, which I've just shared with you. And now, as the music team sings, surely the presence, let us prepare our hearts and minds for the daily word and our opening prayer. Thank you. Now it's time for the reading of the daily word, so I invite you, if you'd like to, to gently close your eyes to receive it. All of us, I invite you right now to take a deep breath. 
and just open up your mind and your heart to receive our daily word. Sunday, August 13th, 2023. Excitement. I am an active participant in this exciting life. Each new day, the sun rises on a world full of wonders. From the magnificence of the natural world to the many fascinating things there are to learn and the many displays of creativity that surround me, I can find so much to capture my interest and kindle my excitement. When I shrink from life, when my interest in exploration wanes, I can lose my zeal and passion. My involvement is the key. To regain my excitement, I begin an active participation. I become an active participant in life. I break out of comfortable habits and routines. I try new things and meet new people. If this is intimidating, I remind myself God is everywhere and in everyone. As I explore, I am opening myself to more and more of the divine. As my interest grows, a bigger world awaits me. Our Bible verse for today comes from Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. So with our eyes gently closed, let us take another deep breath. Just allow your consciousness to flow down into your heart center. And just feel the presence of love in your heart. That feeling of oneness with God. It is from this space of oneness and love that we pray. There's only one power, one activity, one presence that is active in our lives and in the universe. And that is you, God, the good, omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. Because you are all-powerful, you are able to be everywhere present. And because you are everywhere present, you know all things. We acknowledge and affirm that you know every single thing about us. You know what concerns us right now. You know the desires of our hearts. You place them there. And so in this moment, we surrender everything to you. Knowing that you are perfecting everything that concerns us. And that it is you that is guiding us into our heart's desire if we allow you to do so. In this moment, God, we surrender and allow you to guide us forward. We breathe in deeply a feeling of love. And as we exhale, we let go. We let God. We let, let you bring us into a higher expression of peace. And so as we prepare our hearts and minds for your message for us today, We're just going to sit for a little bit, feeling an experience of love and openness. Letting our minds be free. Letting our hearts be open. Letting our bodies be willing. Mm -hmm. 
Let your shoulders drop and let your body relax. Knowing that right here, right now, God is in this space. God is inside of you. And all is well. Thank you, God, for your mighty gift of love that loves us no matter what. We close out this meditation and prayer, lifting ourselves and the prayer in the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. And now let us go ahead and affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. Well, then you might as well say it two more times. I am an individualized expression of God. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let's go ahead and affirm our growth affirmation together. We give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. You will know this song. It's kind of a mashup, too.
happy, I don't know what will. <laughs> Let's give him another hand. And Will, you were doing pretty good on there. And we have Mr. Carl, oh, he's over here. Mr. Carl Schluter on the guitar. And of course, Lauren on the drums. <laughs> Woo. Oh, man, that riles me up. I can have a little more of that happy day stuff. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. I keep saying it. We have the baddest music team in Unity. Oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. <clears throat> ah. You know, no matter how long we have, how, how, how old we are or how long we've been living on this earth school, no matter how many experiences we've had or how much we think we know, there will, be all, there will always, 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 can I say there will be always an opportunity to go deeper into unchartered territory, always. And the deepest place to go in unchartered territory is within your inner world, in your consciousness, in your own mind, to learn even more deeply who you are, to go where no man has ever gone before. <laughs> Any Trekkies in here? <laughs> oh, I was about to say that. I was about to say that. And I say where no man or woman, for that matter, has been before because no one else can be in your consciousness but you. So if you haven't been there, there's been no woman or no man that's been there before. <laughs> I'm just saying. And it's deep business because when Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is within you, that's where you need to go to experience the kingdom of heaven. That's that unchartered territory within you. We say, I am an individualized what? Expression of God. But there's something even greater than that in you. You are an infinite, expansive, un never, never will you ever completely understand the individualized expression of God that you are. And your consciousness will always be evolving in that if you choose to do so. I say that again. If you choose to do so. Some people are comfortable being in their own space, being complacent, and not going any further. But that's not what we are meant to do. So in your human comfort, what you're really settling with is familiar, being familiar. And it's interesting because not all things that are familiar are really comfortable. Amen? Amen. You're just used to it and know how to handle it, but it's not comfortable. And we're not meant to stay in one place. We're not. And so what I love, I love, I love, I love is that the Gospels give us an opportunity to have a way to delve into that territory where no man has or woman has ever gone before, inside of your own mind, inside of your own consciousness. And the beautiful thing is, there is that essence, that divinity in you that is waiting to experience that in and through you as you. I'm committed to go there. I'm so committed to go there that I turned my will over to God. Now, Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thy will be done. He said that when he was going to be uh, arrested because he, was, he had this nervousness from a human level that was a temptation to go into and to flee what his purpose was. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. Well, 20 years ago on June 14th, when I married God in my consciousness, meaning I acknowledged the oneness that I am with God, I said, that I will never put any other man before you again. And if I do, I give you permission to take that person out of my way, even if it is me. And then I realized a little later, it's always going to be me because I'm the one choosing to do it. <laughs> so I gave God permission to take over. Because in my humanness, I don't always know to say it or when to do it. So when I see things veering or changing, I realize that's God doing it because I gave God permission to do so. Jesus did the same thing. And in these Gospels, as we read it, we read that same truth on Jesus' life and teachings, but we read it in different expressions. 
And so I thought it would be interesting to study those who actually wrote the Gospels, the men that wrote the Gospels. And we looked at Matthew, and we looked at his life, and how he gave up his riches as a tax collector to step into storing up his riches in the spirit realm, in his inner world, than storing up his riches in the human world. How he left that life that was really damaging his people to step into a life and a, and a, and a story and an experience and an expression and a teaching to follow Jesus. Then we looked at Mark, and we looked at how Mark did the same thing. Mark grew up rich as well. He had a father who was Roman, and he had a mother who was Jewish, and they came together, and they were rich. He left it as well. And we also looked at Mark in a way that even when you make a mistake, God is always there with an essence of forgiveness and to move us into a state of servitude and action. So he portrayed Jesus as a servant. Matthew portrayed Jesus as the son of God. Now we're going to talk about Luke. And this is deep because all of us have an opportunity to learn from the writers of the Gospels, from the expression of Jesus. There's something always spiritual in there where you can go deeper. Now, it's good to read it on a surface level. It is, because you get the understanding from a surface level. It opens up your mind intellectually. It grabs your attention. But then when you go spiritually deeper to see how it represents a consciousness inside of us, how we can actually change our life and go into a deeper expression of the oneness of God. I'm telling you, there's deeper richness there than you can ever, ever imagine. You are greater than what you can see in the mirror. You are greater than what your eyes, your physical eyes can see. There's a depth within you that even your spiritual eyes, as long as you live here, won't be able to grasp. Because it's always, always expansive. Do you get that? When we look at Luke, Luke, as Paul says, was a physician. He grew up in Antioch. So when Paul, when Paul and Barnabas were in Antioch, that's when they met Luke. Luke has written two books of the Bible, and they make up a third of the New Testament. He wrote the Gospel according to Luke, and he wrote the Acts of the Apostles. And as he wrote the gospel according to Luke, he, he starts off in Luke chap, chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, describing that he knows that there's already been a gospel written about Jesus, but he wants to go into it um, accurately and show the historical aspect of it, and he wrote it to this guy named Theophilus. And Theophilus, he writes it, the Honorable Theophilus, meaning that he's writing it to somebody who may be a judge or a lawyer, or something like that. And the time that he writes it, Paul is waiting to, he's been in jail for two years. Really, he's been in a home, a, a house arrest, for two years, awaiting a trial. So as Luke writes this, he writes this from the consciousness of a physician that goes in and gives a description of the diagnosis and a prognosis. He writes from that type of perspective. And he doesn't write from a Jewish perspective because he wasn't Jewish. He was a Gentile, which was a non-Jewish person, and he was a Christian because he was growing up. He, he walked through the, with Paul and Barnabas and then with Paul studying Christianity, taking the Jewish traditions to the Christian experience. Do you get that? You get what I'm saying? Because Judaism is the origins of Christianity. This is deep business to look at. When you look at your own lives and how you step into your own study, your own study of Jesus, your own study of God, your own study of going to church, your own experience of what you learned, and then when you came to unity. Do you remember that shift that you had when you came to unity and started hearing it and seeing it from a different perspective? Do you remember how some of you might have felt like you walked home? you were coming home to something that was telling a deeper truth than meets the eye. 
Unless Jesus came to show in Judaism to bring it to a deeper perspective than meets the eye. Because in the Old Testament, which Judaism uses, in the Old Testament, you followed the law, you obeyed the law, so that you're not punished by the law, and you don't have consequences. Jesus came to teach us to live in the law, to respect the law, be the expression of, God, so, of, of the law, so we can be blessed by the law. Do you get that? So now, we've seen Matthew learning a deeper understanding. We've seen Mark learning a deeper understanding. And now Luke, who was a physician, he was a doctor, had his own practice. Then he meets Mark and Barnabas and starts going with them on their journey when you read in Acts. Again, something about that, that Christian experience catches your attention. And something about going deeper into the expression of who you are catches your attention. And then something about the experience of demonstrating it in your life catches your attention. And then something about Jesus saying, those things that I do, you can do. And greater things than these, ye shall do. Catches your attention. Especially if you're willing to go beyond your unchartered territory. That's your comfort zone. There's a time to live there in the comfort zone until you master it. And we're called to move forward. We're called to step into action and go forward. There's a couple things about Luke that I really appreciated when I was studying and researching him. Now, I, I got, this, got this from this article that says five things to know about Luke from the Bible. And I already said the first thing, that he was a Gentile, meaning he was not Jewish, but he was Christian because he lived in the Christian teachings. And he was a physician. And he took his way of writing, as I said, his way of being, and he wrote it down on paper. But his writing of the gospel is different because his is accurate and historical. So he is called not just an evangelist, he's called a historian. And there's a couple, th couple times in the, in the Bible that we do see Paul mentioning Luke about him being a physician, about him being there as a co-worker with, with, Luke, with uh, Paul. And one of the things that I loved about when I was studying about Luke is that when you look at his opportunity to serve, he served Paul. As you read through Paul's story in his life, you see where he's beaten, he's stoned, he's thrown in jail. He's hurt many, many times, and each time Luke is right there with him to patch him back up. So that's the second thing that is an interesting thing about Luke is that he's a physician, and even though he left his practice, he still served those who were in the ministry and the missionaries. He served them by being their personal physician. The third thing was that he was humble. He doesn't say his name in his, in his gospel either. Not in Luke or in Acts, but we know that he's with Paul in Acts because oftentimes he says, we did this. And so he's humble. How many of us got to toot our own horn and be seen? That's that human part of you that wants to be seen, rather than the wind beneath somebody's wings, like God, working behind the scenes, that spiritual presence in somebody else's life that does not need to have the attaboys and the acknowledgement, because you already know that in God you are acknowledged, because God put you there to be God's presence in the midst of it. This is deep business to me. Because this is during the time when Christians are being crucified, being persecuted, being killed, being stoned. And he chooses to let go of his Christian job as a physician to follow with Paul and Barnabas and the rest of them. The other thing about Luke that I learned 
is that he knew some of the apostles, disciples of Jesus, who firsthand were with Jesus. He knew Peter. He knew Matthew. He knew John. He knew James. Because when, you write, when he's writing in Acts, he talks about John and James. He knew these disciples. He interviewed them to get an accurate account of Jesus' life so that he could write it down and be accurate. And when you go through and research, historians and scholars have gone through and researched the things that he said, and they have, he's been on point, dead, in, dead on point, because he was inspired by God. Sometimes we take things from face value, what people tell us. We don't investigate it. How many times do you investigate what I say and go deeper into it after you walk away from Sunday service? For real. How many times do you sit with the Spirit in you and test the Spirit in you and go deeper in what it means to you as opposed to what it means to me and what I'm sharing to you all? Like it's supposed to be the Christ in me touches and taps into the Christ in you to bring forth the Christ in you and your situation. Not you take my Christ and live with it and that's your gospel. That's why there are four different accounts. Because each one of them had their own personal relationship. And each one of them had their own personal way of experiencing God to show us that you have your own personal way of experiencing God. Now, Luke interviewed them all, but he wrote it according to his own perspective, too. Do you see that? That it's important for you to take what you learn and sit with God and let it open up in you. Seeds don't grow in the same so the, uh, one soil as it does in other soils. It grows differently. So what's grown in me is not meant to just grow in me. It's meant to grow in you in your own way. I can't be the, the person in your territory and learn your consciousness. Only you can do that. I can, say, I can share that Jesus has told us how. Go inside, meditate, pray, sit with God, have a relationship with God. And how do you do it? The same way you do it with other people in the world. You take some time away and sit with God, talk with God, be with God, learn about God, study God, and know who you are in the presence of that. And I promise you, the more you do it, Charles Fillmore, he saw his, Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity, he saw his wife who heard this affirmation, I am a child of God, therefore I do not inherit illness. And she sat within her, it like struck something in her heart. And she sat with that for two years, blessing, blessing and praying over every part of her body. Now, this was a night where she thought she might die because she had what they called back then consumption. It was tuberculosis. And one of her friends said, go look at this person, E.B. Weeks. He's a teacher, a new thought. So Myrtle and Charles Fillmore, go and look at this. And that struck her mind. And as she's walking out, she can't, it's like it's singing. What's that? Strumming my pain with his fingers. It's like it's singing in her heart, and she sits there, and she studies it, and she prays on it, and she prays over every part of her body, and she becomes one with that prayer and that expression, and the tuberculosis, the expression of it goes away. And then she guides others into it too, tapping into prayer, tapping inside of themselves. And they come in with an ailment or a dis-ease, an illusion, if you, say, if you will, and they leave out knowing the truth about themselves and demonstrating it. Now, Charles Fillmore, her, her husband's looking at this, but he wasn't a heart person. He was a mind person. So he decides, I'm going to sit with this, and I'm going to study this, and I'm going to look at this. Every night, sitting with God, going inside, getting some, some every once in a while, get a premonition or an a, a, a image of something going on. A couple times, he just, puts it aside. Other times he decides, okay, because he was in real estate, let me try this out. This is a premonition about something. And as he's doing that, he's learning more and more of the power of his imagination and how God is speaking to him. Then he goes in and learns and studies the organs of the body, studies what the powers are, studies the disciples, links it all up because he knows that the mind, the soul, and the, the spirit, the soul, and the body are one expression. Do you get that? That's why the 12 powers, the master 12 months, you got the 12 areas in the body where those powers are resonating. And then he worked with that. But he didn't take his wife's expression as his gospel. How deeply are you going into your territory? 
Like you may be, see other people demonstrating. You may see, see other people who may seem to be more spiritually mature. But where is your focus? Where have you let go of the physical world to step more deeply into the spiritual experience? To understand and know what Jesus means by the kingdom of heaven, which is the experience of the kingdom of God. Mark, what Matt, well, Mark was the first one to write the Gospels. Matthew and Luke did that. Let me go back, just finish up my five with Luke before I go a little further. I said he met the apostles, and then he was the only disciple of Paul's that remained with Paul until he died. We read it in Acts where he says, only Luke is with me. Everyone else had run away. When the going gets tough, these four, four writers of the Gospels, because we're going to talk about John too, they got tough. They didn't run, but the others did. I'm asking you, where have you run away? And where do you need to come back? Luke represents, as from Charles Fillmore, in the, and he has this book that's called um, The Metaphysical Bible Dictionary. It's kind of some sweet business because it kind of has every name that's listed in the Bible, every place that's listed in the Bible, gives you another level of what it is, gives you the Hebrew or the Latin or the Greek meaning of it. But what I like is it goes deeper into it on what does it mean in a consciousness. And he says that Luke represents an illumination inside of us. Let me find that spot so I can read it because I don't want to just go off my memory says, Luke means luminous, light-giving, one who ceases to cling to material things. The luminous state of mind becomes abiding. So when you let go of that which you think is your prosperity in the physical world, your properties, your relationships, those things that really mean something to you in the physical world, when you let go of the attachment to it, you move into a deeper understanding, a deeper awareness, a deeper knowing. That knowing is a light that clicks on your mind. You ever see a cartoon when a light bulb, a light bulb shines above the person? There's a deeper understanding. You move into that. But Luke represents that part of you that knows and is the expression of your health and your wellness. So that when you let go of all the things that are misinterpreting this world, misinterpreting your life, you become the expression of it. The other day... Wasn't the other day? It was yes? Yeah, it was Saturday. It was uh, Friday. Friday. And I don't know what in consciousness caused this with me. But I thought about Luke, and in Luke, when Jesus reads this uh, scroll, and then he says that this, this has been fulfilled, and you this has been fulfilled right now, meaning that he was the person that he was reading about in the scroll. He said that you guys may say, "Physician, heal thyself." And then he talks about a couple prophets who weren't able to do any healing in their hometown. They had to go outside of their town because there was a, a doubt and they didn't believe. Now he's saying this in reference to his own people in Nazareth and in his, where he lived because he had come home and that's where he was reading it. And they got angry with him because in their minds they're thinking, how can you say that you're the Messiah when you were a carpenter? Isn't he the carpenter's son? He was known as Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter's son. They, did not, they didn't get it that he would have this authority in speaking. And he said that, that part, physician heal thyself. You may say a prophet, a proverb, physician heal thyself, meaning that if you can't do the work in your hometown, if you can't demonstrate it here, then how are you that Messiah? And he's saying that I can't because you guys don't really believe. That's why I can't. They get angry with him. But that came into my mind on Friday. I was having a really... Difficult, I'm not going to say bad because I don't put labels. Difficult and challenging asthma attack. I was coughing. And it was really deep for me. Because in those moments that I couldn't breathe and I was coughing, all I could think about was Roxanne. Because... That was one moment of me doing it. 
She had every moment of her life of struggling to breathe. And it really hit me. I had to put that emotion down because every time I get emotional and start crying, it causes inflammation in my lungs. And so I, it was making it difficult. I heard, physician, heal thyself. And I know the physician in me is the Christ in me. So I'm sitting there, thank you, God, thank you. And I'm coughing and can't breathe, but I'm still saying, thank you, God. And I pulled my rib, uh, you, it takes you a minute to realize, I got my inhaler. So I went and got my inhaler and used it, but it doesn't always work right away. You still, it still takes a minute. You got to take two puffs. You got to hold it for a little bit. Now I'm coughing, trying to hold this, and I'm thinking about Roxanne. She lived as long as she could to be there for her family. That was her commitment, to be there for her family, to overcome this, to be as much as she could be the spirit part of her through this trial that she was going through so she could take that breath, that next breath, that next breath, that next breath for her family. Which is why sometimes she didn't answer our calls or anything because she wanted every moment she could spend with her girls and her husband. And I'm sitting here having this asthma attack. It's not a good feeling, y'all. Take a little breath and you can't breathe. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm just sitting there coughing. And the little slight breath I take, thank you, God. Use my inhaler. Thank you, God. It takes a minute. Thank you, God. I'm thinking Howard. And Howard's sitting there waiting for me to give him the word to take me to the hospital. But I'm trusting God. And I would have gone. Trust. But I'm still trusting God. And then finally, I'm oh, thank you, God, knowing that that's what Roxanne wanted to experience. That, oh, that full breath. Now, <laughs> that's not a good feeling to live your life. But the Luke in me, that spiritual part of me that knows the healing, if I tune into it, knows what to do, knows how to chime in, knows how to take control. When you let it and surrender and surrender your body, and you, I just kept saying, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, and I took my deep breath. Physician, heal thyself. Where is it? I don't know in my mind yet. Where it is my consciousness is out of alignment to have that asthma. However, I do know that that's my thorn in my side, that in my weakness lies God's strength, that as I tune into God and sit with God and live with God and celebrate God, even in the midst of not being able to breathe, God's presence will take forth as soon as I surrender completely. And I promise you this, even if it comes to the day that asthma takes my life and that last breath, God's presence will have still taken forth and come forth and taken control because that would have been the ultimate expression of divine health and wholeness, being the expression of spirit. So the initial fear hits me. But then I let it go. God takes me out of my way. Where do you need to be taken out of your way? Where do you need to move forward in your life? Where do you need to heal, not just on a human level, I mean, on a body, yeah, human level where your body's concerned. In your mind, where's their judgment that needs to be purified into openness? Where's their conditions on how you love someone that need to be released into total acceptance? Where in your life do you need to move forward and you're holding yourself back by doubts, worry, and unbelief? All of that is healing needing to take place. Where are you holding on to a resentment, an anger, or something in your heart that needs to be purified away? All of that is healing that needs to take place. And the expression of Luke, that powerful expression in you that knows what to do, can happen if you surrender it to God. Amen? I surrender it all to God together. I surrender it all to God. Are you ready to go deeper? Okay. Y'all acting brand new. And Miss Doris and Miss Amanda, y'all been here a couple times now. 
I'm going to give you another opportunity to say yes as if you know Luke is working inside of you. The Spirit of God is working inside of you. Even if you don't know it, say it anyway. Someone said, fake it until you make it. I heard someone else say, faith it until you make it. And I like that better. Faith it until you make it. Are you ready? To, I don't even remember what my question was. Are you ready to surrender it all to God? Yes. Woo, thank you. Now, if you say it in a way that knocks the roof off, how do you think it's going to do it in you? Like, for real, for real. I am an individualized expression of God. Together? You can come up and play. I am an expansive, infinite expression of God. Together? Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and it's not that you weren't saying it at the same time. I am an infinite. What is that? You're trying to hide behind. <laughs> okay. Now I don't remember what I said then, too. Oh, I am an infinite, expansive expression of God. Together, I am an infinite, expansive expression of God. Now, wherever in your heart, in your mind, in your body, in your life that you are needing to heal and move forward, think of Luke, leave everything behind. Think of Matthew, step into your choice. Think of Mark, let go of anything that's holding you back from for, for forgiveness and from forgiveness and step into service. And think of Luke, Ask the healing power inside of you to take forth and be there with you till your last breath because we don't know how many days we have or how many breaths we have, but God does. And if you acknowledge God in every single breath, you, are, you will be at peace in every single breath, even if it is your last. One of the things that I love about all these writers of the Gospels is that they follow God in their life. They proclaimed and praised God in their life, and they did it in their death as well. There's two versions of how Luke died. One of them is that he was killed on an olive tree, and another one is that he lived to be 84 and died peacefully. But it's either way it was, to his last breath, he proclaimed and praised God. I'm asking us, I'm challenging us. I'm committed to doing it. I'm committing to learning then healing those areas I need to heal. Because the moment you heal it, it sprouts up into fertile ground for you to step into something greater on who you are. Are you ready to step into something greater? Yeah, okay. Lord have mercy. I'm gonna do this to the last breath I have here in this church. Are you ready to move forward? Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, I'm trying to think what God wants me to say to close us out. The end. Who said the end? She heard me, oh no. Oh my God, I got some mama ears here. You got the eyes behind the back of the head and you got the ears that hear everything. All right, I'll follow spirit. The end.
doesn't matter how far you've gone. Mercy says you don't have to keep a running down the road you're on. Love's never met a lost cause. Your shame, lay it down. Leave your ghosts in the past, kids, you know that you can't go back, but you can turn around. You've never been more than one step away from surrender, one step away from coming home, coming home. One step from arms wide open, his love and never let you go. You're not Take a deep breath. <sighs> Exhale into the expansive expression of prosperity and abundance that you are. Let it come to your mind what you feel led to give for a love offering for today. And let's go ahead and take another deep breath. And if you need to open your eyes to look at the screen, do so. Let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's stand up and do our prayer for protection and our peace song. Lay down, lay down your own I love that song. It's going to be in my head now. I'll be singing it, and then Howard's going to start singing it. <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and affirm our prayer for protection. Together, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. And now we're going to sing our peace song.
Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.